0: Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow.
1: And book your free consult today.
0: No days off. No days off. No days off. No days
1: off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. Boom! With Andy Hart. All right. Good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again?
0: <laughs> it's Hannibal, 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 Hannibal. Hannibal.
1: Oh, Mr. Dot Commer on
0: WEI.com. Oh, podcast, uh, preseason game number one preview. I guess first we should apologize. Some, some listeners didn't get their podcast last week. There was some uh, technical difficulty thing that it was up for a good while, we think, but then it was gone on Monday, but it's back up. So. I don't know. If you didn't hear last week's podcast, you can listen to it, but uh, not, our, not our fault because it was up. Nope. It's the monkeys' fault. I always blame
1: the monkeys behind the scenes, the technology monkeys. So we'll pass the buck there.
0: Yes. Um, I guess start off with the Patriots. Uh, the biggest storyline is the quarterbacks, but we'll start with injuries. So Sunday's practice had a number of key players leave with injuries David Andrews, Joe Cardona, and Hunter Henry which the latest on Henry seems like he'll be out a couple of weeks with a shoulder injury. So I guess it's good news that it's not like majorly serious, but obviously not a good sign that he's injured once again, which has been sort of a trend for his career.
1: Yeah. And not a good sign just because I think we all see that John O. Smith and Hunter Henry are going to be the centerpieces of the passing attack and the offense. And not that he can't come back from it. And it's some terrible thing. I mean, I always go back to the, the Randy Moss missing the entirety, basically, of the preseason in, the, in August, his year. And he comes in and touchdowns and playmaker and the whole thing. Um, just certainly less than ideal. Uh, now, now, Bill dubbed him day to day, even though the reports are it's going to be more week to week based on the MRI, I guess. Um, be interesting to see, like, what he does and if he's out there at all. Mental reps, quote unquote, if there's value in that for him um sort of like you know Jarrett Stidham's out there watching and and taking in what he can get I think sometimes there's some value in that and it'll be interesting to see if over the next few weeks joint practices whatever he is out there um I don't think it's a huge deal but as you said he is a guy that has a history of missing two or three games a year obviously he had the ACL that cost him a Mm -hmm. whole year but you know hasn't played a full season and we know that you know, his paycheck says he's going to be a key figure. What we've seen in training camp said he's going to be a key figure. So uh, less than ideal, but this is the reality. At least it's not, you know, some teams are dealing with more significant injuries, longer term injuries already.
0: Yeah. It seems like he'll be back for the regular season. Uh, if everything, if there's no setbacks or whatever. So that's a positive. Um, what To me, he's been kind of quiet this preseason, this training camp. Like he, obviously John Smith is a bigger story at the position I am not can't be concerned over a guy in training camp but like did you expect to be like wowed a little bit more no
1: no I mean we've talked about it using the draft phrase uh high floor low ceiling kind of guy I don't I don't think he's ever gonna wow you he's more of a traditional tight end that can give you you know his five catches for 60 yards or four catches for 55 yards um never gonna be overly flashy but then if you look down at it, if he does that at the end of a season, he's got his 55, 65, 75 catches, depending on how good sort of the overall passing attack is. Um, and then when you compare it to John, who Smith's just a better athlete, like, you know, I remember we, uh, we watched the videos, I think they were doing in the summer. And I was joking that I think it was Matt Lacoste was taking reps after Hunter Henry. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's bad for you. He, he looks much better. Well, the same thing I would say athletically from Henry to Jonu Smith. Hmm. Henry's a really good athlete, a really good tight end. Jonu Smith is at the next level in terms of tight end athleticism and, and some of those things. So, yeah, you're and especially a lot of practices in shorts and T-shirts, an athlete's going to stand out more than sort of a traditional quote-unquote tight end. I would say even like Rob Gronkowski isn't going to wow you with his shorts and T-shirts athleticism. He's a big guy. He's going to catch the ball well. Um, I think for the most part, Henry has caught the ball well. He's had a couple, I would say, ugly drops at various points where you're like, well, I don't think the third best highest paid tight end in football should drop that five yard out with nobody near him. But um, it happens to everybody. So, no, I he is what he is. I, I, the injury is a concern just because it could set him back. But other than that, I think he was paving a nice road toward being a very productive sort of centerpiece part of the offense, just not the potential. Exciting breakout piece that I think John U. Smith is.
0: Agreed. David Andrews is banged up. X rays reported negative. Doesn't seem like too much of a concern, even though he wasn't out there on Monday. Um, Joe Cardona could be a little different. The report's very vague on him, but could miss some extended time. They signed a long snapper. And you got Nick Folk, who has been out there for a couple days. So you kind of have your kicking operation, not full strength, and you're kind of stringing things together. Is uh, It's early, but I guess that's something to watch. Like, you don't want to have your whole kicking operation um, in flux, especially when you need all the points you can get.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about this. If they are a run-the-ball-play-defense, special teams kind of team, then field goals are going to matter, and mistakes in that area are going to matter. And, you know, we saw the other night where it was Jonu Smith and and Dietrich Wise handling the snapping, and then they react. I found it interesting that they reacted by signing somebody who wasn't here when they had somebody here previously and clearly decided – Wes Farnsworth wasn't an NFL caliber long snapper or whatever. I guess, from Um, their, like,
0: limited. (laughs) Right,
1: Uh, and whatever. Um, I have found it also interesting the last two days through this sort of no folk, no Cardona. It's it's ended up with Gunner taking the holding reps and Jake Bailey doing some kicking. The first day, it seemed like it was almost set up to be a a field goal block drill where they were Mm -hmm. having Jake Bailey handle the kicking, intentionally allowing the defense to block it. Then you do it again yesterday. And it's like, I'm not really sure kind of how the thinking is. And it's always dangerous when we try to get in Bill Belichick's mind and why he's doing certain things in practice. Um, and then the the flip side of it is the Quinn Nordine. Apparently it's pronounced Nordine. Yep. We've been Nordine. saying it wrong. Um, very Quinn outgoing Nordine. kid. Yeah. I mean, he seems likable, but even Bill squashed all the excitement that the media was trying to create coming out of the in-stadium practice of 10 for 10. And Bill, what did Bill say? Couldn't have been a more controlled environment, turf, no wind, no rush. Like he really kind of tampered those down because, you know, he's, he's a guy that wasn't very good in college or wasn't great in college. I won't say wasn't very good. Wasn't great in terms of his field goal percentage and making kicks in college. We know he has a strong leg. Like yeah. that's obvious. But he also mishits the ball, I would say, more often than you'd like. Like these weird kind of gets under it too much, almost like a a golfer with inconsistent short game, right? Like irons around the green where like one, you crush it over the green. The next one, it's right by the hole. And the next one dribbles five feet in front of you because you didn't hit the ball well. Maybe that's just to be expected. Young kicker, okay, give him a shot, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's it's, te- you know, two-thirds of your operation as bill likes to call it that isn't good is going to be an important part of your team uh dinged up at this point less than ideal and i would say the same thing with the o-line like depth is going to be an issue at a bunch of places mm-hmm. but like we talked about it with ted Karras, you lose your first primary backup for a little while uh the tackles like who's who's going to be the backup tackle are you going to need a backup tackle given the injury slash playing time history of brown and and win so you know, maybe these are all minor and you deal with a few hiccups over two weeks in August and forget all about it by the time September, or maybe it starts to show you there really are some questions about depth at some key spots on this team.
0: With uh, Nordine, like, I feel like they try to slide it. Like, I think Nick Fulk, as long as he's healthy, he gets the job. I think they could run into a little bit of trouble if they try to slide him onto the practice squad, kind of like Borges a couple of years ago. Like, I think could potentially another team could scoop him up just because it just seems like whenever the Patriots let a guy go, that gets hyped up. Another team just takes him.
1: Well, Jorquez is a uh, is an interesting comparison because I believe, correct never, me if I'm wrong. He never kicked because I think they wanted to limit the the, the hype. Yeah. yeah. So could we go down that? Maybe that's why they're starting to limit Nordine. They don't they don't want all these after after a ten for ten night in the stadium. Oh. They don't want all these tweets and blog observations and practice reports about this great young kicker who's pushing Nick Folk for the job.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting.
1: You bring up a good point. Well done.
0: Well, it, but it was also continuing the comparison. I don't think Buhorka has ever talked to the media. Like, I actually thought it was interesting they let Nordine talk on Monday.
1: Um, Bojorquez talked a little bit because I remember talking to They're him. During training camp, though?
0: Yep. Okay. I, I definitely remember
1: talking to him. Um, but the idea that they want Nordine and may start to limit his, and it's a dual um, dual purpose uh, plan, I guess. You, you do want to have Bailey available to kick. You know, mm-hmm. he's your emergency kicker, uh, maybe even your long distance kicker on occasion. If you want to try a super long end of half field goal, he obviously he handles kickoffs. He's already in that frame of mind. Um, and then you maybe do give yourself an opportunity to sneak Nordine through, because remember last year there was the Patriots were kind of part of it, but there was a lot of I feel like kicking uh, practice squad the the guy they had that that from their practice squad ended up being a really good kicker for the, the Falcons and uh, uh- I don't remember how to say his
0: name. And I don't yeah, and I'm not going to mispronounce it either.
1: Nope, not going to butcher that. Nope, I learned from Stephen A. Smith when he was mocking the uh, Nigerian basketball team. Nope, if you can't say it, don't say it. But my point is, there's been a lot of kicker activity in recent years, and if you want to sneak a guy through, you want to try to keep him off the radar of other teams, right. if you can. I don't know if it'll work. it would be success- like Bohorquez, it didn't work. They right. saw him, they wanted him, they got
0: him in Buffalo, and they used him. Um, back to the depth conversation. Offensive tackle seems like an issue depth wise. Like you have Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown. Great. That's good. But what if one of those guys go down, you're left with Corey Cunningham and Justin Haran, both of whom haven't really shown much to this point in training camp. Yannick Kajus is on his way up the door. I think we've made that perfectly clear on this podcast. Yep. Then even the other guys that you th- thought could emerge as like, you know, guys to earn spots with the Marcus Martins in the world, Alex Redmond, even Will Sherman, the rookie, they haven't really seized the opportunity. And so, like you said before, I think that the depth at that position is something to keep an eye on. And I wouldn't be surprised if they look to pluck a guy or two that gets released by another team off waivers August 31st.
1: Yeah. The way I look at it right now, based on Ted Karras and even Marcus Martin and those guys, the reps they've gotten in the middle, uh, I think if they have a problem at tackle, it's gonna be on Wenyu. Is gonna anything beyond maybe a short term, it's it's Justin Haran for, you know, the fourth quarter of a game. But if you say Isaiah Wynn's gonna miss three weeks or Trent Brown's gonna miss a month, I think Michael on Wenyu is gonna be the the answer to the swing tackle job, the fill-in tackle, spot starter tackle job, because I think they they are a more comfortable, A, sort of filling in at guard and B, Ted Karras, I think is their sixth offensive lineman their first guy off the bench and I think right now they may have more confidence in the other interior guys based on some of the like Marcus Martin um, ability to go in there so I think that's how but if Andrews is out of the mix for any period of time and you know if it start now you got two holes and how do you move that but um I think they're going to lean on on when you're kind of their new um Joe Tooney yes who I think is is going to be ask because he's already shown the ability versatility wise, but also the ability mentally to play different spots and move around without, without it affecting him. I think on when you is going to be that guy that moves around if they have any issues.
0: I don't want to continue to like make this an old line discussion, but a guy who I think who's stood out to me, maybe uh, to a surprise to you, James Ferentz. I think he's looked pretty good. I think well, he's, he's, he's like, he looks more athletic. I think he just looks looks better than he's been in the last couple of years. And I, I think he's not going to play for another team in the league besides the Patriots. I think that's like written in his contract.
1: Well, he should be good. Cause he's like a 17 year veteran, even though he barely plays like he's been around forever. So you're, you're claiming he's made the year nine jump to yep. uh super sub. Um, I mean, they clearly like him, trust him, the family connection, the whole thing. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I've watched him overly closely throughout camp. I, I'll be honest. I am dismissive of the idea of him. Like I just, Oh, he's been like, I just, I don't care. I guess I shouldn't say I don't care, but like I'm dismissive of James Ferencz. But um, I think the larger point is, and this goes back to drafting something we've we talked a lot about in the spring. Why do you need to sign this? Well, cause you drafted it two years ago and it didn't work. And I would say the tackle depth Antonio Garcia, Y- Yodnik guys they've brought in haven't necessarily slid into the roles that you'd hope they would. Um they had the other guy. Who's the guy who they drafted last year that
0: retired and then they oh, caught him? Um the he was Kentucky or, or Memphis. Um I don't know. But Woodward, so some the, Woodward, something Woodward. So some of the developmental
1: offensive linemen haven't developed or aren't even around still to develop. Um now you're very fortunate you hit a home run with on as not only a a, he you know theoretically he should be a developmental guy not your starter right he's a late round offensive line draft pick maybe year two or three you start to think of playing him he starts right away he's a star like you got very fortunate that you hit a home run there but some of the other ones haven't developed and now you're kind of scrambling but we've seen this team for years and years be able to find offensive linemen I mean not not always home runs Mm -hmm. right I mean they traded for who's the guy they traded for the bills, the center that um, was here for like two weeks last year. Uh, it, was two years, it was two years ago.
0: I want to say you go,
1: whatever. Like they find those guys, but just like Illuminor and Cunningham, they find them, you know, they trade a conditional seventh for the mm-hmm. guy at the end of camp and you're like, Hey, that guy's started 22 games over five years. He's got some experience. So I, I don't freak out over that. Like I would worry more about long snapper uh, cornerback. Certainly, I don't think they have very much depth, and I don't think you can just find uh, a fill-in starting or or you know third corner the way you can find a fill-in or starting offensive lineman.
0: Uh, Let's talk about Nikhil Harry. I think it's been interesting because he's looked great in one-on-one drills and has gotten a lot of attention for some making some highlight real catches, being on the field, being more consistent than he has been in the past, which is all true. But I just think as I've sort of looked at it more. When you look at the full team activities, the 11 on 11 reps, when he's out there, he doesn't really make many plays. So he's a guy that flashes and one-on-one drills and is getting a lot of attention for it and saying, oh, he's you know, changing and he you know, could be an impact player. But when it comes to the actual team drills and 11 on 11, he's still not doing anything. So where, where do you stand on Harry?
1: Uh, he has been good. I don't think it's fake. He's been good. I would agree with you. He's not lighting it up and you're like, oh, my God, there's no way they can keep him out of the starting lineup or there's no way they can keep him out of the rotation. But it's all about expectations. I think everybody came in with 0.0 expectations for him based on not only the first two years, but also the trade request and how that's going to be handled. And Belichick may be thinking, well, F him. I'll bury him on the depth chart or I'll cut him before. Cam-. People had very limited. And now they're pleasantly surprised. And we've talked about it he's an NFL body or athlete. So he should make some plays in one-on-ones. Like he should be able to. Especially when run. he's against Juwan Williams. Well, I mean, what, but what is Juwan? They're, they're the same guy. Like you know, they're the the bust. So give him credit for winning the battle of the busts, right? He could lose the battle of the bust, and Juwan Williams could blanket him. And you're like, Ooh, Juwan Williams looks a little bit better. No, Nikhil Harry's been the one to win those battles. So we'll give him credit for that, but it's, it's relative credit relative to his expectations now, not his first round expect. Because this camp, you're right. If it were just based on he was a first round pick and you need him to be your number one receiver because he was a first round pick, then his camp hasn't been great. It's great because you had no expectations. And he's actually strung together days of practices, something he struggled to do for most of his career. Not not games, but practices. Like we've talked about that. Every, like certainly two years ago every good practice was followed by, Oh, is he limited today? Is he not really out there? He hasn't really shown up. So, and then the other thing, you know, I saw somebody tweet about this, like the, this idea that the media is part and parcel to fluffing him up so they can trade him. Like, I don't, I've never even gotten that theory. Like he's producing, people are telling you he's producing and It's not like it can be faked. And I think a fan actually retweeted one and was like, fans are at practices. If the media was telling a lie, if the media was saying something, like you'd see fans, like I was at the whole practice. Nikhil Harry didn't catch a ball or he didn't know it. It's actually happening on the practice field, whether it helps them in the long run, trade him or increases value, whatever, who knows. But the reality is when he makes a diving catch, at the goal line, it actually happened. It was a diving catch at the goal line. There's a video,
0: nice... I saw it. And he, retwe- he reposted it himself.
1: Right, so, and that's the thing. He's definitely been promoting himself. Sometimes I don't know what it means because he'll use like a up arrow and then 100 and like, I don't know, you're interpreting. You're having a good camp. And I will say, I've always said this. He seems like a nice fellow. He like, does. I think his, he's done two press conferences, I think, on the field at camp. He, I thought, handled the... The first one, the trade request idea, as well as you can, like I'm a patriot now, I'm invested in helping this team, I'm okay with it, blah, 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 that's my agent, if you want to talk to him, talk to him, like, I thought he did a fine job with that, and now I will say, he, he, and maybe this is intentional, because the, the footwork king, his guy said, like, he questioned Nikhil Harry's confidence, I think Cam has even kind of openly questioned Nikhil's Harry confidence over the first couple of years. The other day I thought, he, you know, I had a vision for myself and that vision starting to come to fruition. Like, okay, relax. You've won a couple of Joe on Williams practice field battles. But again, maybe that's trying to build his own confidence, right? Like, gosh, darn it. I'm good. And I'm proving it. And like kind of talking yourself up if no one else is going to talk you up. Um, But I will say, okay, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm a reporter. I'm very much unbiased, but kind of rooting for him. I'd kind of like to see him have like 150 yards on opening day couple touchdowns. I
0: think it'd be fun. So, are you like cool. confirming? Like, do you? He's going to be on the roster. Yeah, I would think so. I kind of do too. I um, mean, you got, I don't think
1: you're going to be able to trade him for value right now?
0: No, I think if he's either going to get cut or stay on the roster, so you have. So if that's the option, then yes, on the roster. Agalor, Myers, Bourne is the fourth gunner in your mind, just because of his like special no. teams. No, Do you put Harry above him. As a receiver, yeah. And I'm saying in terms of like being a lock for the position. Well, I mean Gunner's going to be on the roster. He's an right. all-pro. So, pro so Gunner. Then
1: you, then you got Matthew Slater's on the roster too, and I don't consider him a wide receiver. So like. True.
0: I. Well, then you get into the discussion: how many pure special teams guys can you keep? Oh, Bill can open your eyes sometimes with those. Well, I did my roster projection the other day, and that's where that's where it's gonna come down to, I think, with this team this year is how many core special teams guys can you keep, which I think relating to this wide receiver discussion is why I think Christian Wilkerson has a very good chance of making this team because he's done a lot with his opportunities as a receiver but he's also been spending extensive time with Matthew Slater and the other core special teams players. So a guy that can give you that value as your fifth receiver is a guy that you keep around. Talking about K. Yeah. K. Matthew
1: Slater calls him K. K. I like when I listen to these uh, players talk and it give takes me a, like a sentence or two before I realize who the hell they're talking about. You can't just throw the word K out there and expect me to know who every freaking person is. Um, I will say, uh, um harry i lost my train of thought there for a second k uh harry is is also relatively active on special teams uh, i've noticed that as well they're, they're trying and a lot of scout team special teams work where I, I don't know if that's like a punishment like you're gonna work your ass off or as you said trying like seeing okay put him on scout first oh he's pretty good on scout kickoff coverage maybe we'll put him on real kickoff coverage in a preseason game and we talked about that. That can help his val- – I made the comparison to Kelly Washington, a higher-level receiver who ended up being a special teamer slash backup receiver for a lot of his career. Um, and I think that would be really good for Nikhil Harry at this point to embrace special teams, especially as you said, the guys you're competing with are going to embrace it because they that's how they have to treat it. That's how they have to win roster spots. Uh, so, yeah, I think Wilkerson's been a good story – wouldn't surprise me if they kept both of them um, because one, I think Wilkes is kind of earning it. And then Nikhil, Harry, you're not ready to cut bait with. So he gets the benefit of the doubt of being a first round pick in year three. So it's certainly, but you're right. If you start to include um, Gunner in the list and, you know, quasi Matthew Slater's around, like there's a lot of bodies kind of at that position. Now when you look at core special teamers, I think we can agree Slater is here Yep. Justin Bethel is here.
0: Yep. And what else? Brandon Bolden?
1: Do you consider him?
0: I I had Bolden on, yes, but then I I caught um, Brandon King and Cody Davis. See, Brandon King, I think, is interesting because he – they
1: loved him. He's been hurt so much. I wonder nothing. I wonder if that factors into it for him. Cody Davis is another one like I – I've never really understood the fascination with Cody Davis. Like I'm sure he's good. Maybe if I really broke down PFF style, the special teams plays, I would think differently, but he just seems like the perfect candidate for me. Like, do I really need Cody Davis on my team? What's the upside of Cody Davis? Whereas the upside of Christian Wilkerson or even the upside of Nikhil Harry, if that's that roster, even the hell, the upside of, of Brandon Bolden. That's what I was going to
0: say. You didn't have Brandon Bolden last year. So you could make, you could make room for Cody Davis. Now you're Brandon Bolden, who serves another role as an actual guy in the running backs room. Right. Now it's like, where is Cody Davis' spot?
1: And I need a backup running back more than I need a backup safety, probably. The way we've seen not only your, your McCordy's and your Duggars and your Phillips, but Miles Bryant has been there. You even have flexibility if Joe Williams is on the roster. Like, I don't know that Cody Davis is ever going to play defense, ever. So, Based on what we've seen in the uh, scout team work, he probably won't. Correct. Um, and and the similar to Brandon King. Like he's not gonna be a, a a player outside of the kicking game in all likelihood. Whereas Wilkerson, uh Bolden, Harry, if they're neck and neck with those guys, they can be players potentially on
0: offense outside of the kicking game. Uh what about Chase Ludovic, did you have him close to being cut? I I had him on our good friend Mike Giardi sort of uh, raised some questions that I had him on. My did not have on my roster. So forced me to panic a little bit, but that's, you know, Mike Giardi just, he's not a good guy to for the details. (laughs) But, and when you told me that I said,
1: A, I read it and I'm pretty sure he was on there, but B, if you were trying to cut a name that isn't crazy, but would be like a surprise cut,
0: I don't think Winovich is a total impossibility. I don't think so either. First of all, he hasn't been out there. And then we all all know his sort of, like, where is his role? What's his fit? Like, does Bill like him? Like, I don't, like you said, it's probably not going to happen. But if it did happen, you wouldn't be completely shocked. Right. There are certain guys that I'd be absolutely stunned if they were cut.
1: Chase Winovich, I will not be stone cold stunned if he's cut. I'll be surprised. It would be a surprise cut, as we Mm. say at the end of camp but when you look at the bodies and the athletes and the defense and his injury prone i mean uh his injury absence and then kind of his weird role last year i i don't rule it out as a total impossibility don't rule it now he's probably going to be on the team i don't want people wrong Well, heart colon winovich could be cut like nbc sports boston would do and then put like a little clip up and try
0: to manipulate your words no i didn't freaking say that yes um What's he say? I was gonna bring up the secondary, a guy that's kind of caught my eye in the negative way, Jalen Mills. He's not very, good. not very good. It's not, I actually don't think it's his fault. He's not a cornerback. He's well, that's what I was gonna point say. Point. He's not really being used. Like, I almost feel like Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar are kind of like taking his role in a way because they're obviously better at it. Like, a guy that can move around and now you're trying to force Jalen Mills into that third cornerback spot, really number two now with uh, Gilmore not on the field. And he's been exposed. Yeah, if 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 he starts because Gilmore's
1: not out there, if he be becomes your number two corner opposite, J.C. Jackson, I think he's going to get absolutely picked on by every offense they face, and he should. Um, he just, to me, doesn't look fast, doesn't look fluid, doesn't look like a corner. And, again, I don't think he's a corner. He's a jack of all trades. There's a reason he's a versatile defensive back. Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason guys go from corner to more – chess pieces and safety and cuz they aren't cover guys they aren't man to man one on one win the battles cover guys and we also have to remember he's not looking great against questionable quarterbacks and questionable receivers what's he going to look like against i don't know let's just throw a name out there tom brady and chris godwin and mike evans like so yeah I, again that's i still think the the, the defense the season hinges on Stefan Gilmore, either that or they just need to pull the plug on Jalen Mills and put him back inside as a backup to Devin McCordy, a rotational piece, and then try to figure out is Miles Bryant capable of like opening some eyes and surprising or who, whichever guy you think is next in I don't think Jonathan Jones, I think they have sort of pigeonholed him as a slot corner yeah. at this point in his career, but whoever's next in line, I think should be getting in line because Jalen Mills not happening. All right. We've gone
0: long enough. We haven't talked about the quarterbacks once. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the quarterbacks? As we saw on the last podcast, our minds could be changed by the day. I think the last time we talked, uh, Mac was making a good run. He saw together those two impressive days, including last Thursday in the rain. Um, has he overtaken Cam Newton yet in your mind?
1: Well, I mean – as of June 15th, I anointed Mac the starter. So,
0: And then you changed I, your mind like the next day, I think,
1: right? No, I didn't. I said there was a little step back on the practice field. I stuck with it. I've been all along. Now, there's been a couple practice days where I said I felt a little less confident in it because I thought Mac wasn't great and Cam did have some good days and has, in my opinion, had a solid training camp. Solid, not spectacular, not great, and not necessarily a hold to, enough to hold off the hope. That is Mac Jones and the upside that is Mac Jones. Um, now it's crazy the day to day. I should tell everybody I missed uh, the whatever Monday night practice that they had. Um, that everybody you know was raving about a good practice for both quarterbacks. Blah blah. blah. But it's reached a point where I read somebody uh, talking about Mac Jones's adjusted completion percentage for practice or something. I'm like. I don't even, A, I don't even know what it is, but B, what are we doing here? What, 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 what are we doing here? Like, who looked good? Who didn't look good? Who looks like they're overwhelmed? Who looks like they're getting better? I like those things. I don't want adjusted completion percentages in practice, in various drills where speeds
0: are, tempos are, are just not consistent. Well, and that's the other thing that I think we should say, too. A lot of times when you watch these, you know, 11 on 11, seven on sevens, you look at each other and you're like, are they going full speed? Is the defense letting them make the play? Like, are the linemen trying? Like there's so many variables there that I just, I just, we're, we're in the same boat here. We just are such troubles getting into these stats. Like there's it, the context matters. And a lot of the times us as the media in the tent don't know the full context. Right. And, Josh McDaniels talked about that, not
1: caring about the statistics. Bill even talked about in one of his press conferences, you know, certain things happening in drills where it's supposed to be caught. The defense is supposed to allow, and you see it. You know, I had a chat with a friend of the podcast, Paul Perillo about this. And, you know, you can see corners and safeties get there and then pull off and just let the guy in like, they wouldn't do that in a game. The one guy who seems to struggle with that, we were joking is JC Jackson he's super competitive and it's like, sometimes he just bleep it. He I'm picking it off or I'm knocking it down. I'm not letting little Kevin Garnett to him where I'm not letting you get the completion on me either way. Um, But the bigger question, and, you know, we've started to get into a lot of discussions about, you know, platoons and packages and two quarterbacks. I'm not in favor of that in any way. You know, I've said many times, I'm not sure cam would accept that role. Um, He's, you know, one of the best 32 still in his mind. And I think he's still confident in that area so where am i i am where and other people seem to be catching up i know jerry Thornton's trying to pretend he's the first person that said Mac should start well, welcome to the club we've, we've been saying it for months jerry i know you think you're the god of football but you know you're not um and i i think doug kide was like oh the the competition's closer than it's ever been and maybe there is a real competition whatever although the globe i believe as of sunday said there's no real competition going on ben boland doesn't believe there's a competition at all doesn't even think that there's like they're not even treating it like one. Yeah, I didn't don't really understand that either. I'm gonna I still think Mac Jones should start on opening day. And I still think there's a good chance Mac Jones will start on opening day.
0: I'm still I still need to see more. And I'm not oh, well you're gonna. You got joint practices, you got oh preseason. Right. And so my mind could be changed in a week or so once we have the game against Washington, and the joint practices and the game. So if Mac Jones can continue his steady progression as things get harder against other teams, other competition, more intensity, then yes, then I think you can say that. But I think based on what we've seen right now, I need to see more from Mac because I think Cam has still been a little bit more consistent than Mac. Um, Maybe more
1: consistent, but to me, not good enough um if that makes any sense yeah like I think he's in this range here but there's times when I think Mac is borderline perfect Mac but I like
0: also just running. think too looking at the offense you can get away you can use Cam's running mobility to sort of make up for some of that lack in the passing game where you can't do that with Mac well no he's not gonna run he's not there's no value there But like, can you, know. if you're Josh Daniels you can say I can just have Cam run you know 15 times and if he gets hurt he gets hurt we get Mac. like you can kind of use him differently than you would if he was your guy for the entire season sure i mean he's certainly disposable and i don't know that anybody
1: a, a year ago week one the whole thing was is this sustainable can cam run this much can you no one will be saying that because i don't know that anyone really wants or needs it to be sustainable because mac is going to play the only person that think mac's never going to play this year is ian crapsheet ian Rappaport, like he thinks Mac uh, Cam has to get hurt for Mac to play. I don't think anybody else believes that except, except Ian. I'm not even sure Ian believes that. I think he's just a mouthpiece for somebody that at the time needed him to, to say that. Um, I just and, and I, I mean, when I say I think Mac should start and will start, if he craps the bed over the next two weeks in joint practices and is just a pick parade and is slapping himself in the head after every throw and the mental case and all that, then yeah, he shouldn't start. But I don't think that'll happen. I think we've seen enough of him as a competitor, a worker on the field dealing with adversity. I think he'll be fine now Robert Sala um, in New York, where they're already kind of being very critical of Zach Wilson he's struggling, he's not looking good, he said it, it's it's going to get worse before it gets better and if Mac does that, if Mac has a it has to get worse like before it gets better, kind of two weeks stretch excuse me two week stretch, then yeah cam can start i'm Cam is what he is, as Bill said. He's very consistent. He's the same Cam from last year, same Cam from December, whatever. I agree with that, and that's not good enough. And that's why I think Mac has to get the job.
0: I want to circle back. You said Cam is having a solid camp. When you say he's having a solid camp, is that as an NFL quarterback or is that related to what you saw last year? Like, to me, he's having a solid camp as an NFL quarterback. He's having a great camp compared to what we saw last year. Um. Yeah, solid
1: camp to the average NFL quarterback. Is that what we're going with? Not like solid camp compared to teams that have top 10 franchise QB type quarterbacks? Yeah. Yeah, I would say solid camp for average quarterbacks. And yes, much better than the totality of what we saw from him last year. Now still, interceptions, head scratcher throws, holding onto the ball too long at times, all of those things have reared their head. But yeah, compared to average, Like compared to Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever you want to compare him to, I think Cam's had a good summer, yeah.
0: Uh, Preseason game Thursday night, what's your expectation in terms of playing time? That is a great
1: question. That's a great question because Ron Rivera has already said they're going to play. They're going to play their starters. Uh, Even Bruce Arians, I believe, the expectation was two series. like Even Tom, Tom, a couple series, yep. Who not only is 43, but is coming off knee surgery and all that. So, but again, I don't think Bill really gives a rat's ass. Oh, how's Tampa handling it? How's Washington? He's going to do what he thinks. Now I think they're going to play because there is no joint practices and I think they need to get some high. You should also defense.
0: mention too, Jake Delgala has been released. So the Patriots yeah. only have three quarterbacks. So there was some thought that, Dolagala could have gotten a lot of reps in this game and sort of leave Cam and Mac aside, but now he's not an option. So it doesn't really seem to make sense that Brian Hoyer play, you know, the entire game. So maybe that's an indication, like you said, that the starters will play.
1: Yeah. If you made me guess right now, I'd say it's like practice where Cam's going to get two drives, the first, you know, half of the first quarter, depending on how it plays out uh, in there. And then Mac could get like a quarter and a half or something you know play the end of the second quarter play the I mean end of the first quarter play the second quarter into the third and then Mm -hmm. Brian Hoyer comes in but I don't feel strongly about it and we really we have nothing to gauge it on we've never seen you know this type of training camp with this type of preseason with this type of quarterback competition there are like three or four layers of this that we've never experienced before so you have no you have nothing to comp it to for Bill Belichick and his team so I'm not going to pretend I have any, you know, declarative idea of what the hell is going
0: to be able to find a little bit more uh, after the practice on Tuesday night in stadium practice. Like Bill said earlier in the morning that it was going to be preparation for Washington. Maybe we see who gets more of the reps there. I threw out the idea a couple of days ago, this could be a scrimmage inside the stadium as sort of a joint practice like thing to get your starters, the reps in this session and not in the game, but after they were in full pass for two days in a row, I think this might be more of a walkthrough type, so that kind of throws that idea out the window. But like you said, we haven't seen any of this before, so we have nothing to go on. So it's a big guessing game, and I don't think Bill Belichick uh, likes to give us any like hints on how things are going to go. Absolutely not. I can definitely agree with
1: that. Um, the last few times, the this year, the last time they were in the stadium was a less than 50% Feed kind of thing um, the last few times they've been in the stadium it has been oh. underwhelming it's not been you know full pad scrimmages so that would tend tell us to believe generally that when they go in the stadium they don't have uh high tempo practices but you're right if they go high tempo on tuesday then i think that would tell you they're probably gonna do less with the starters and high-end players uh on thursday i don't know if health um would have an issue like they're pretty like the the list of absentees is kind of growing yeah 14
0: Um, players missing on on monday
1: yeah high and high end guys your starting center uh your long snapper your kicker like tight at your best you know your your new big money tight end uh so there's certainly some considerations there but i'm just gonna go out on a limb and hope it doesn't snap and say that we see the starters and we see some high end play in the in the
0: uh, anything else you want to hit on before you wrap this up? Uh, well,
1: just one thing, like some of the, the what you want to see in the game or what you're. okay. Like, Ramondre Stevenson can run like he is shift. First
0: of all, does he look smaller than 250 to you? Way smaller. He looks- like he's been compared to Liguerre Blunt. They don't even look any close. Okay, thank you. And and
1: he's wearing 53, which should make him look a little fatter and a little thicker. Right. Mm Because if we say Jawan Bentley looks thinner because he's wearing eight, then the running back wearing a lineman number should look bigger. And I think Stevenson looks below 250 or 246, whatever they list him at. But either way, regardless of his weight, um, he has some lateral quickness, like little jump cuts at the line of scrimmage. Um, I'm intrigued to see him run hopefully get some significant reps running the football because I, I still say the red shirt is a definite possibility based on mm-hmm. pass protection, passing game, getting chewed out every time I watch a practice for screwing something up. But when you just say, we're going to hand him the football and let him do his thing. Uh, I think he could be fun to watch against Washington. Um, a couple other people in that vein, the guy you brought up earlier, Nikhil Harry transfer it to a game setting. I don't care if it's against backups. If you're, twos versus twos or who's throwing you the ball, but try to, you know, see if he can take some of the one-on-ones in the practice field and everything he's done there to an actual, you know, bright lights um, setting of Gillette stadium. And same thing, obviously with Mac Jones, that's. That yeah, I was down. just going
0: to say with sort of what you said earlier, the more reps you can get from Mac, the better it is. Like get, give, give him extended reps, get as much stuff on tape in a game as you can. So he can sit down with Josh and the other coaches and, have actual stuff to go over as opposed to just, you know, limited practice rep. So I'm, I'm with you where I think Mac gets extended times sort or of what you said, you know, maybe even go into the third quarter, simulate the halftime break, go over your adjustments, like yep. get as much stuff, you know, happening for the first time with him as you can.
1: Plus not that bill would take this into consideration nor should he, but the idea that he's your first round pick, if you play him too much and then God forbid he gets hurt. Oh my God, you ruin. Well, you have some people telling me he's not going to play this year anyway. So you're not, it's not like you'd be losing your starting quarterback to an injury. You'd be losing your young backup developmental quarterback to an injury. So I don't even know that he has to fear that type of criticism. I think if anything, people want to see him play, want to accelerate the development um, and get him going in that direction. And then we, a lot of offensive guys thrown out there. We'd like to see I'll flip it to the defensive side. Uh, I'll throw J.J. Taylor in the offensive guy list, see what kind of reps he gets, what kind of ma- plays he can make, maybe as a passing back. Mm. Uh, and defensively, Josh Uche, how much he plays, who he plays with, how you know impactful he can be. Juwan Bentley, my new favorite player, after criticizing him often last year, can he look slimmer and more athletic and more aggressive and faster in a game setting uh, against Washington? And then in the back end, I would say the safeties, um, just seeing if they can continue, you know, Adrian Phillips, some people think is the best defensive player on the field through training camp, Kyle Duggar, who I think has sneaky been beaten in coverage um, a number of times in camp, something I talked about with Mike Giardi the other day when he was like, you ever notice when you look at your notes, it says like, you know, John o. Smith catches pass. Or it's, you know, so, And Duggar was in coverage. So well, I
0: was I was going to say to that it's because he's going against Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. No, I know, but he's going to go against good players on other teams, I think, too, right? That's fair. I'm just saying that those are two of the better tight ends in the league. So it's kind of, he should be making, I think, more plays than he has been. But I think some of it's swayed because of who he's going up against.
1: Agreed. But again, some people have said he's the next Jamal Adams slash Derwin James slash all pro pro bowler year two Mm -hmm. jump guy. If that's going to be true, he's going to have to make some good plays against some good players. So uh, I would include him in that mix. And then your guy, Jalen Mills. Maybe he's well, a game day guy. Maybe he pops up at, for the better on game day.
0: Two more on that side of the ball: Anthony Jennings. He's yep. gonna to, want to see if he's gonna be better than he was last year. He hasn't really done much in training camp so far. Maybe a game he takes it to a new level. And Juwan Williams: Does he play with the threes, or is they try to squeeze him in with the ones and the twos? Like his playing time, I think, could be an indication on how the team feels about. Uh,
1: and along the the Jennings lines, what we talked about earlier with Winovich. If Jennings makes a big jump, let's just say, and he looks really good, and we know Uche is making the jump. We know Van Ooy and Hightower are back. We know that Matt Judon is here. If Jennings makes a big jump, that could be a big jump in Chase Winovich kind of getting squeezed
0: further to the, to the yeah. side. No question. Uh, so we'll do a podcast Friday morning, wrapping up the game, some thoughts on what we saw, looking ahead to joint practices. Well, two podcasts a week.
1: Yeah, two podcasts a week, and we'll post at least one of them.
0: <laughs> I think we can promise we'll post both. I, I, okay, I, we're promising now. We're posting every podcast we do. So it's our job. We we get paid to do our jobs. We don't get <laughs> we don't get bonused on our jobs like some other people in the world. Uh, that's true. We are expected to do our jobs. It's part of our sort of obligation,
1: thanks to our salaries. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you Friday morning. Peace out.